Welcome back, Intimates. I'm excited to find you experts to talk about love, connection, non-monogamy, polyamory, relationship anarchy, group sex, kink, commitment, and lots of other intimacy and relationship topics. Let's live our best lives together by unlearning stigma and getting clear on what we really want. Don't know what to ask for? I have loads of ideas for you. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of my amazing Patreon supporters or my current hosts, the Musqueam First Nation on whose unceded lands this podcast was made and this human was born. If you want to support more intimate interactions, you can say thank you by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Patreon supporters also get every episode of the podcast ad-free with short intros and outros. I know funds are not an option for some of you lovely humans, but don't fret, there are other ways you can help out. You can help make more intimate interactions by just telling someone you listen to this podcast. Or if you're feeling especially generous, you can share a link to an episode you like and discuss it with a friend or partner, or even leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting site. Help other humans interested in more intimacy and better relationships find us. If you have your own podcast, shout us out. Need a podcast guest? Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. Sex educator and Johns Hopkins harm reduction expert Lex Wilson is back. They talk about attending orgies, having group sex, experiencing intimacy, learning consent, and unlearning shame. We have some great back-and-forth conversations, and I share my story about double-fisting a fellow sex educator. Welcome to another session of Intimate Interactions. I'm here with Lex Wilson, a harm reduction worker at Johns Hopkins, as well as a teacher in anti-oppression and sex ed work. They use they them pronouns and are going to talk to us today about orgies, group sex, and maybe we'll get to decolonizing sex as well. How are you doing, Lex? Well, I'm doing good. I also just wanted to affirm that I appreciate how you said orgies and group sex, because I feel like you do kind of have to change your inflection when you do it. You can't just be like orgies and group sex. It's got to like orgies and group sex. It's it's better that way. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I was going to actually hang up and quit if you didn't say it like that. So I'm very glad that you did. Otherwise, it would have been over before it began. Ah, uh, yes. Like... Like some individuals at group sex. Um, oh. Hi, oh, there you go. What's a what's a, an orgy without a little bit of like premature ejaculation? Definitely, and That's like how you know, you're having a good time. I used to say it's premature. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. That's, that's actually pretty hilarious. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's like shown up, done the consent exercises, gotten off, and gone home. Um. Honestly, I have footage on my phone just of me, of course. Um, One of my friends throws like an annual birthday orgy. Uh, Obviously not this year. One of the many things I am missing. Um, But at a certain point, there's so they always throw it for their birthday. So the beginning is always a party. And then at a certain point in the evening, it transitions to like kind of strip teasy, you know, and sexy. And then from there, like. I believe the clinical term is full on fucking. So uh, when we had not yet fully transitioned from the party to the full on fucking, you know, um, some people were hungry and saying like, oh, let's order a pizza. Right. And I was like, okay, well, I see that this is like one of the final moments of clarity we are going to have before the fuck fest (laughs) begins. So I'm going to take it upon myself to order this pizza. So I order this pizza and it's great because I'm, again, we're like half in fuck mode, half in dance mode. So this song by Biggie comes on 
And it's Juicy, which is like Biggie's most popular song, right? A lot of people know the words to it. So I'm trying to collect pizza orders, right? And this song comes on. And so I'm singing the words. I'm uh, trying to get pizza orders. And I bend over one of my friends who happens to quite literally be knuckled deep in another friend. But we are both singing Biggie to each other. So I'm like, do you want pepperoni or cheese super nintendo sega genesis and like singing <laughs> and it's like one of my favorite moments of all time because like i said i'm trying to get a pizza order me and this girl are singing to each other this other person is very clearly also enjoying the moment but in a different way than we are um so after this singing it transitions into the clinical full-on fucking that i mentioned um and i'm just watching i'm not participating in anything right so mm-hmm. i have the camera posed at myself, like in selfie mode, right? Um, and I'm not turning it because there's quite literally people fucking like all around me, right? And I'm trying to tell the camera how I'm waiting for this pizza. And you can barely hear my voice over the like <laughs> sound in the background. Um, <laughs> and then eventually the pizza guy comes. So I like stop recording the slapping, right? Um, the pizza guy comes and I tell everybody like, hey, everybody should stop. And he's going to see <laughs> Do you know nobody responded to me? It was like I might I might as well have just thought it in my head silently. Nobody says right. anything. And I'm like, okay, y'all, I'm being serious. He's like coming up the walkway. Now he's going to see all of you. Y'all need to stop. And nobody cares at all. Nobody stops doing anything. So I like go outside, inter- close the door behind me, intercept the pizza. And it's like three, two in the morning. And like the beginning of January, right? And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Happy New Year. Okay, bye. And I lug like four pizzas back into the house. Um, and I'm trying to offer pizza. I appreciate food more than anything in life. Uh, sure, sure. More than sex. More than really anything. And I don't think there are many things that I could be actively engaged in. Or I would turn down a free slice of pizza from someone. I could be doing like open heart surgery if I possess the skills to do that. Um, and I would like uh, still turn my head to like take a bite of the three slice of pizza and these people they could not be swayed and i was like okay shit uh, i guess i'll eat this pizza by myself and i'm literally sitting in the middle of this orgy people screwing all around me and i'm like shoving pepperoni pizza into my mouth it's one of my favorite memories that i have so where where you were enjoying the other meat yes there you go there you go exactly exactly (laughs) i was being stuffed in a different way um, (laughs) but still still enjoying myself still enjoying this oh my goodness yeah some of my fondest memories are of group sex whether and it's like not because of the orgasms i know that sounds again like yeah sure sure victor your fondest memories are not but it's like there's there's power to getting people off that is really exciting for me Mm -hmm. and there is joy in the adventure of first times And there is intimacy in sharing something new or unexpected with someone you care about. Oh, yeah. And I think I think those those types of needs are not the ones that most people think about getting met when Mm -hmm. they think about, you know, the clinical term you used full on fucking. Yes. 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 So it's like um, I think about. Um, and again, um, erotic elder, uh, elder, er, erotic educator Melody Ann would would almost certainly be a hundred percent good with me telling the story, but I will check with her very briefly before I publish this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was the first time we ever did double fisting. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was amazing. Um, we haven't done it since, 
it is it is a production to double fist someone. Merry Fistmas. <laughs> Merry Fistmas. I love it. Um yeah, yeah, no, if we were doing a, a an Adams Family remake, I guess I would play the role of Uncle Fister. Yes, I love that. Oh, um, wow, okay, but now I have to come up, it's going to take me probably the rest of the episode to come up with a comparable <laughs> one, but I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> Which Dang, one? Uncle Fister, damn. <laughs> so, it was, it was exciting, because, I mean, it's, it was a first time. Um, as Brené Brown says, it was a fucking first time. Right. <laughs> It was, I don't think she meant it quite in the context I'm using it. But. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can't be sure how she meant it, you know? <laughs> yeah, she did it not mean that. So, I, feel like, yeah. I feel like in the context of her podcast, Unlocking Us, which I highly recommend to folks because it's amazing and intimate and wonderful. And I think a lot of the work Brené does is incredible. Oh, yes, very much so. Yeah. And there are very few white ladies that talk about intimacy that I trust to hold anti-racist values. Right. I think Brene is one of the few where I'm like, I'm not expecting a microaggression during this. Right. Right. No, I hold her in the same esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, Shoot. Right. We're talking about double fisting. Um, Yeah. 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 Right. Fismus. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically this happened because, Melody Ann is such a power bottom, like just really, really Truly. exceptional in the types of things that I believe she genuinely enjoys doing and loves, in my opinion, because obviously I can't speak for her. But to my understanding, in the many, many years we've known each other, which my goodness is almost a decade. That's I have amazing. known Melody Ann almost a decade now. Um, but that she really enjoys like pushing it, like, let's find out like that's, that's part of it for her. So I, I'd fisted her before, but she got into it with another, in like a fun way with another bottom. And they were like talking about how much they loved fisting and how much they liked pushing their bodies. And they were like, well, we should just do a fist off then and see who can take more in their body. Take more, Right. Right. And of course being a top who's got like in this case because i'm not a top i'm a switch but in this case i was playing a top role i've never been fisted um and i was very much like well i'm fuck i've got nothing on the line here like if you want to try this like i will absolutely do my very best to keep you safe and sort of like walk through this um <laughs> if you want to call it ring of fire together um yeah. sure. that's what johnny cash was singing about <laughs> Yeah. The anus, the sphincter is the ring of fire. You know? That's why oh, he says the taste goodness. of love is sweet. That's what he's talking about. People don't know that, but that's true. Just burying your fist down, down, oh, down. Oh, yeah. Johnny Cash was a freak. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was into some stuff, I tell you. That will be for the next episode, though. We can talk about that. <laughs> we talk about Johnny Cash's fetishes and clever yeah. reinterpretations not- of popular music. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, and literally, we had talked about double fisting before. We had attempted double fisting before. We had never successfully done it. But now the pressure was on because, you know, both of these individuals, um, this other person and their, you know, fisting top and and Melody Ann and me, like, both of them were like getting getting to that place where they were like, okay, this is a lot. And at a certain point, it just stopped being a competition. It was more like, I really don't care what they're doing just don't stop fisting me. <laughs> right, 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 right. But of course, that that competitive spirit in Melody Ann is just something special. So yeah. it was definitely like, hey, 
you want to you want to crush this? You want to win this competition? You want to try fisting? What do you think about this? And I just ended up magically working with Melody Ann and her body very much cooperated and we managed to get to it. And it was one of these moments where like when it happened, it was like that moment in Children of Men where all the war stops around you and (laughs) everyone's just kind of staring at something magical. Right. Right. Yeah, it was something special. I don't know that I will ever double fist someone again, but... Here's hoping. Yeah, here's hoping. I'm definitely open to it. Yeah. Um, You know, that's a perfect segue because something that I was going to bring up that I really love about uh, group scenes and play parties is that uh, obviously we lead lives in many ways that are just so dampened by shame, you know, in many different Mm. ways, especially related to sex, especially related to kink. And so navigating shame in my own life has like been difficult to get to a point where I can be open or even in touch with my desires, right? Um, let alone articulate them. So it's really something that I never fail to appreciate in these spaces to see other people rejecting shame and like just really having pun intended a good fucking time. You know, (laughs) Um, I have been fortunate enough to see you in um, Melody, erotic educator, interact together and excuse me um, for a rope workshop at Converge and it was great because uh, rope was something I've always wanted to get into and have been in for a long time. So it was nice to learn these like foundational skills, right? And be in the mm-hmm. space of people learning. But also, y'all have such excellent chemistry. Oh, my gosh. If the class wasn't even hands-on for, for us, if the class was just hands-on for y'all, so to speak, and it was just watching y'all interact, that would have been great on its own. You know, um, so oh, I felt so you. fortunate, like, wow, these are two educators who really know what they're talking about and also have like such excellent chemistry with one another. Forget learning the single column. Tie. <laughs> I would just like to watch these people do whatever they're doing for another 90 minutes. That would be great just to watch that, you know, screw the practical skills. So <laughs> I always appreciate whether I'm at a workshop or a lecture or at a play party or um, whatever kind of, you know, full-on fucking. Um, It's nice to see people just at ease, just relaxing, having someone, you know, wrist deep or knuckle deep or elbow deep, whatever, in them while they're singing Biggie lyrics or whatever, but just to see people kind of, like, at ease, you know, like I said, rejecting shame, just kind of having a good time, asking for what they want, giving others what they want. It's really just a beautiful thing to be a part of. Um, people honestly don't believe me when I tell them that I don't have a lot of sex at orgies and I don't, I really am that person eating pizza in the middle <laughs> or kind of checking in other people. Cause usually the capacity I want to participate in is just more observant. Um, but like I said, I really just love being able to even be in a space to observe as simple as that might sound. Um, it's something that, like I said, I never fail to appreciate. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about, um, an orgy I was at where I was, I was more in that role as well of just not, not feeling especially turned on, not feeling especially like fucking, but mm-hmm. the interesting thing, I'm j- I just started into this show called Fleabag. Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of it. Yeah. It, it gets rave reviews. It's an Amazon original, which is those things I'm still trying to reconcile in my yeah, head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but basically the show just has a lot of fucking in it. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that main character sort of brings up is that for her, a lot of what fascinates her about sex is 
everything except the feeling like the mm-hmm. approach the teasing the flirting the the game of it the mm-hmm. the chase the capture the emotions the expressions on people's faces like it's everything about people that's so fascinating but actually fucking eh the mm. feeling's kind of like a take it or leave it like she right. can just masturbate and, like that's good so like why does she need to have non-orgasmic sex as a modern woman in London when she can just have a lot of fun and enjoy everything else about it and then just masturbate. Right, right, right. But, I mean, also, she definitely gets off from sex. It's it's not like... Yeah, I I don't mean to say that it's like a story of a sexually disempowered person. No, 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 but just like being in love with the spectacle of sex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sex is just something that's so fascinating to see others do and that's not something that's one of the other things i love about group sex right mm-hmm. um and i've talked about this with friends occasionally and i like to talk about it more but um i find it much easier to have group sex because uh the, the conditions that i need met in order to have sex and this is true for many people so it might sound obvious but it's like that sense of safety and i don't mm-hmm. feel that a lot in just like individual interactions with one other person where I feel like things always have the potential to escalate. This is independent of whether I'm with a person who would escalate, right? Like I've been very fortunate to be with partners who are like, hey, you know, we don't have to do this, whatever. But I feel um, on my own a lot more pressure to acquiesce when I'm with one other person. But when I'm with a group of people, it feels much easier to opt out of certain things or to just be a spectator, right? You can't mm-hmm. really be a sp- I mean, you can, but it's harder to be a spectator when you're having sex with another person, right? Um, obviously, <laughs> People aren't, this is not a foreign concept because you can masturbate for somebody else, you can strip for somebody else, right? Um, right. Those are things that require a certain amount of negotiation and willingness on, you know, your partner's side. It's something you have to talk about and discuss first. Like, hey, I want to give you a strip tease or I want to masturbate for you or blah, 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 blah. But in group right. sex, it's really easy to just kind of like go stand in a corner and just be like, okay, I'm just going to like park it over here. I've got my little juice and I'm just going to watch everybody. Right. And part of that is because of those consent exercises I mentioned. Right. So usually I have an opportunity at the beginning to say, Hey, my mildness is just watching. Um, or, Hey, I just, I'm not going to participate today. Right. But some, that's something I really, really like about group sex is that you can just be a spectator. There's always that kind of opt out feature built in. Um, and no one thinks you're like some weirdo for standing in the corner with your hand in your pants, you know, right. like you're allowed to do those things. Hmm. Yeah, it's super neat. Like it's it's a it's a really awesome experience, and I think what's so cool about a lot of communities is it's invite only. So mm. yes, yeah. You don't get people that just come in off the street who you're like given side eye to the whole time. Right. Everyone who's there has been invited by someone, so you do get more of that sense of safety. Yeah. Right. Like I would trust the people, my friends, at say. For example, the impudence sex community in Vancouver or Victoria, for that matter, or the erotic electronica community in Victoria, I would typically trust who my friends would invite out of those communities over a quote unquote, you know, clean looking, whatever that even means. Like it's such a middle class term. Right, 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 right. But like, you know, a random person off the street who just quote unquote looks safe, whatever that means. Right. I would trust like someone who's like giving off the typical signs people don't associate with safety, like, you know, unkempt facial hair or whatever. Um, I'm like, yeah, I would, I would trust that person who maybe is into me over a stranger who does not look like that just because I know the kinds of people 
um, that my friends would tend to associate with. And I trust that with the consent um, conversations that happen at, at these events that they'll be safe. Right, right. And I also, I feel whenever I have group sex, I do feel a certain amount of apprehension, you know, the pre-orgy jitters, one might say. Um, But I do know that for the most part, people are vetted, you know, and I can trust the group that has been assembled um, and feel a sense of security in that. So I'm not feeling like, oh, great, I'm about to walk into this room full of random people and have sex with them. Right, Um, right. I am still thinking, oh, boy, I'm about to walk into a room full of random people to have sex with them, you know. Um, it's still a little daunting, but like I said, because of the exercises that normally take place, because of the groups I'm involved with, I trust mm. that, like I said, this isn't going to be uh, some loser creep who no one has vetted, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, there are steps in place uh, to make sure folks are uh cool i guess is a good way to say it. safe um, safe that, yeah that they're hopefully at least compassionate enough or right. respectful enough right. to just like right. respect your bodily autonomy right right exactly exactly um, and especially where king is concerned Yes. And that doesn't mean that these processes are perfect or that people are actually 100% safe in these spaces. It really just means that I personally have trust for the people right. my personal friends would select. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect way to say it. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Because obviously the world is a fucking tire fire and people are terrible to other people sometimes. And, okay. you know, while we can be compassionate and say things like no one, no one is introduced to violence or abuse as a perpetrator um you know that's that's compassionate and relevant and important it's also not capturing the full reality of like that doesn't mean we shouldn't still take the steps that we can to try and um help our communities be as safe as they can be right and that's why as you touched on previously a little bit i like the frameworks that are in place like rack right mm. Uh, this is a focal point. This is a part of the conversation before anything even happens, before the full on fucking begins, before invites are sent. We're already being mindful of risk, of harm, of how to navigate those things, right? How that uh, relates to consent and impacts consent, right? Um, so it's already part of the conversation. Yeah, exactly. And that last piece is so important that, that it's part of the conversation because if it comes up like, Ooh, that didn't actually feel good for me. You know, right. like how's a person likely to respond if they respond with tons of fragility and like, you're a bitch and like all that kind of stuff. Then like, uh, you know, like it's, it's exhausting to even have to talk oh, about yeah. or bring up, but like, oh, yeah. that's the kind of thing I have never experienced at an orgy, fortunately. Yes. And it's because precisely because of what you said that it's already part of the conversation. How do you handle a no? When someone gives you a no, what does it sound like? What does it um, mm-hmm. feel like? Um, and how does it feel to give a no and making sure that right. attendees have tri- have given no's to things they actually want to do? Yeah. And There's lots a, of fun exercises. This is something I like about the exercises is that they're not one-sided. They emphasize just as much how to look for a no or look for doubt, right, and move away from the situation as they do telling you yeah. how to say no and giving you permission to say no, um, which I think is very, very necessary. One of the things I think is missing from a lot of consent dialogues, we tell people, oh, just say no. A lot of people don't know how to say no, especially right. with different populations where no yep. is not something easy to access, right? So the idea, like, mm-hmm. oh, just say no, a lot of people don't know how to do that. They feel uncomfortable. Right 
doing that, right? I, that's what I mentioned with myself. It's very difficult for me to opt out because I feel pressure. I want to do what other people want me to do. It feels good <sighs> what other people want you to do, right? Um, I feel that. Sometimes I subvert my own needs and I'm like, okay, well, yep. I have to ask myself, is this something I want or can I tell that somebody else really wants this and I want to be the person to give it to them, right? Because I conflate those things in my own life. Um, so it's been really great to be part of these exercises where they're saying, okay, check in with yourself and see how you feel. Is it something you really want to do? If it is, hey, go for it. Communicate that need to somebody else. Communicate that desire to somebody else. And if you're checking in with yourself and you're feeling like, you know, I used to want to do this, but now I don't anymore, that's okay, too. And you can give yourself permission and space to decline or say no, um, which mm-hmm. are skills that I think a lot of people um, benefit from learning and benefit from honing over and over again because it is – very, very hard, you know, like I said, based on our experiences, based on our identities, a lot of people are not able to say no, it's not respected when they say no, right? Um, so it's really important to like, like I said, cultivate those skills and know how to say no and how to receive no. A lot of people, unfortunately, um, because of their own experiences, they hear no and they think it's like an infringement upon their worth, right? Like, oh, I'm a miserable, right. loser, worthless person. Nobody likes me. I'll never be in love. Nobody hates me. When really, it's right. like, hey, you're not interested. Thank you so much. Okay, cool. Well, have a good day. The end. Yeah. You know? And that's what you mentioned uh, with fragility, right? Um, right. Or fragility. Like, that's people, if they're fragile, right? then they might hear this request uh, and see it as an affront and think like, oh, well, this person hates me. They think I'm a bad person. This is uh, judgment on my character. You know, they think I'm bad. When really that's not anything like that. It's just, hey, you know, I'm not interested right now. You know, so um, it definitely gives you a whole host of skills for navigating through these things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I had a whole bunch of stuff I was going to say, and then I was listening and I completely forgot all that. (laughs) Um, oh, I was I was going to tell people not to shame themselves and not to not to put it on a spectrum, because as a person who, you know, can recite all the ways of, you know, taking saying no, you know, like um, I, I need to build more trust with you before I consider that or um, even just like the straight up like no or like no thanks or like um, that's not for me tonight or like right you know there's like a million different ways to say no or even all the ways to hear no with like a thank you for taking care of yourself or like I really appreciate you trusting me with your boundary or like all the different ways of sort of you know we could I'm sure we could both list a whole bunch of different varieties and versions off I still struggle with it sometimes so Mm -hmm. it's it's not so much about you know like a a linear course of growth it's just about one do you have the tools and two what about all the soft skills like the emotional self-management and the ability to cope in the moment when you're in distress and like how you support yourself when you're in a fight flight freeze or fawn position right Right. like when you're kind of losing your your body regulation like how do you how do you bring yourself back to a place of regulation where you can access your higher brain thinking Uh Uh so it's like all of those skills sometimes get talked about and then sometimes i find that like when i'm having these conversations with my friends who aren't from kink and who aren't from non-monogamy and group sex and like these communities they just they don't conceive of those skills as being important or essential right right Mm -hmm. Right. that's all i want to say (laughs) no i agree that's one of the many great things about group sex yeah and I have endless gratitude for some of the amazing people that I have had sex with in group sex situations where, you know, I have forgotten something like um, 
I wasn't listening to my body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was pushing myself to continue with this thing that was super fun and that cognitively everything in my being was like, yes, I'm 100% yes to these two brilliant, really attractive educators and having sex with both of them. Um, And just at a certain point, I realized I had just been pushing myself and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that I'm having an allergic reaction to this lube. Right, right, right. And it's just like, I wasn't listening to my body going, oh, that doesn't feel right. Oh, I don't really like that. Oh, this is really not feeling right. Like, ooh, like, I think you should stop. And like, my body was giving me all of this, Mm -hmm. like, tactile feedback. And it was getting increasingly uncomfortable. And I was like, doesn't matter. This is too amazing. This is a once in a lifetime. Like, I was so laser focused on this amazing experience I wanted to build with these two people who I'm endlessly grateful grateful for for holding space for me not 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 in the sense of like oh it's so amazing they're willing to sleep with me i don't mean it like that i just mean like um when things kind of went sideways a bit and i was like oh like i'm having this reaction in my body they were just such stand-up human beings about how they handled it and were so kind and compassionate and just like um incidentally the people i'm shouting out are angie gunn and jazz goldman just like really stand-up humans who like yeah, my heart goes out to them. Just amazing, amazing people who were very supportive of me when I was struggling in a group sex situation. And like, you just run into such great humans there. Yeah. I don't know how else to say that. No, you do. And I think you touched on a couple of different points. One is that I think a lot of the time people look at sex educators and they think like, okay, well, they've got sex figured out. They teach about sex. They clearly know everything they need to know. They've unlocked mm-hmm. all the levels. Right. But it's still a process of unlearning for me, for you, for everyone, this for anybody. I still learn loads of things while I'm actively like at conferences, giving workshops. Someone will say something. I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, right. I never thought about that. Can you say that again? Thank you. I'm the leading the workshop. Right. So there's never a point in which you have it all figured out, which you know everything. You're still learning new things. You're still uncovering new things about yourself. Right. You're still kind of falling short in some ways. Right. But there's never a point at which you magically have it all figured out. There are still times where I slip up. You mentioned you slip up. Right. And it might take somebody else being like, hey, are you? good because you don't seem like you're good and then you kind of take a moment to check in with yourself and you're like oh i i'm actually not doing so hot thank you thank yeah. you for seeing me in this moment thank you for you know as you mentioned holding space for me not holding space in the sense of like being willing to have sex with me but you know, <laughs> yeah. being able to have this moment of vulnerability and care you know um to help me through this moment so mm-hmm. yeah it definitely is a continual process of learning and unlearning for all of us yeah. And just like be people who are willing to hold space for your errors in your painful moments of growth right. and just be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And you're like, wow, I feel like I really fucked this up and like that this was like a disservice I really did for you. And they were like, like those those feelings are valid, but like I'm not saying that. Right. <laughs> Right. Like, I didn't say it was a disservice to me. And I'm just, it's just like this amazing dawning of realization of like, oh, Okay, thank you. Yeah, and a lot, I think a lot of from the outside looking in, people think kink is bar Fifty Shades and like, <laughs> you know, all this like, I made yeah. my son take off her panties at the dinner table at this restaurant. And like, it, it can be many of those things too. But it's also sure. like, okay, we've been doing this scene for 30 minutes and I accidentally tied your ankle to the wrong butt cheek. So I'm going to have to cut this out and like redo this. 
Let's take a break. Let's take five. And then I'm going to get the rope back out. We're going to try this over again. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mess up. Right. And like uh, allowing people grace, forgiving yourself, forgiving other people and having all sorts of like really funny bloopers. That's what I think, you know, makes the sense. Totally. I'm trying to feed someone, hand feed them pizza while they're fingering somebody else. That's the fun part of an orgy. It's not just the like 10 person forced orgasm scene. I mean, that's great, too. I do love forced orgasm. (laughs) Other funny moments of like, okay, damn I asked up, how am I going to fix this? You know, um, oh, shit, I think I'm having an allergic reaction. Oh, shit, I slipped in a puddle of lube. Like, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, what it yeah, is, yeah. too. It's not just the, you know, like I said, 75-person uh, cum shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people have a very, like, commercialized and, like, produced, I think, idea sometimes, like, very pornography-influenced, when, like, there's something about the realness of, like, amateur kind of sex oh yeah that just like it's so human and it's so intimate and people get really vulnerable and they do fuck things up and being able to just like have trust and then have that trust rewarded is an incredibly healing and growing experience and i think if you put your trust in the right people you're more likely to have those experiences than the ones that you know undo your ability to trust humans and are traumatic right 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 yeah, black life is just such an interesting, weird, and wonderful experience. Truly, truly. And thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me about group sex and orgies. And for sure, for sure. Uh, so much fun! I always enjoy talking with you, Lex. Yeah, I was trying to rack my brain for some fun sex pun, but it doesn't look like it's coming to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, got it, perfect. I love when a plan comes together. Oh! Wow, that's great. That's great. That was right on time, too. Thank because, you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I came up with a pun, I want to say, either at the beginning of this or last episode we recorded, and you literally said, oh, and like a good one's not going to come to me until yes. like the end of next episode, and here we are. Hi, oh! Oh, perfect. That, that's great. That's good. That's really. That makes me happy. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So how was it, Intimates? Did you love something you heard? Or maybe you're upset by something I said? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash interactions. Or you can go to patreon.com slash victorsalmon where you can find our Discord server. All of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com. And I genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon. If you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of Intimate Interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw. 